The last class of my old professor's life took place once a week in his house by a window in the study where he could watch a small hibiscus plant shed its pink leaves. The class met on Tuesdays. It began after breakfast. The subject was the meaning of life. It was taught from experience. No books were required, yet many topics were covered, including love, work, community, family, aging, forgiveness, and finally, death. The last lecture was brief, only a few words. A funeral was held in lieu of graduation. The last class of my old professor's life had only one student. I was the student. Do you find as you get closer to, to uh, death that you think more about your childhood? Yeah. That, that, you know, it comes with some kind of full circle. And right. you, look to, you look to that more than you do your adulthood for who you are and your cues and things like that? Or? Well, it comes into the picture. That was the voice of Maury Schwartz, and I am Mitch Album, the author of Tuesdays with Maury and the host of this podcast, Tuesday People, which is inspired by that book and the visits with my old professor, Maury Schwartz, from 25 years ago. Those tapes that you heard, the sound of him, are from 25 years ago, and yet they resonate as strongly today as they did during that time. And this podcast is a weekly Tuesday visit in which we revisit some of the lessons that I learned alongside my old dying professor that made the underpinnings of the book, but also have become the underpinnings of my life, and apparently, uh, in some ways, of many lives about people around the world who have read Tuesdays with Maury, who are enjoying this podcast. Alongside, as always, is Lisa Goitsch, my friend and producer. Lisa, nice to have you with us. Always nice to be here with you, Mitch Album. We're going to do something today about mothers, And Mother's Day was just a couple days ago, and we thought about doing it in advance, but the COVID-19 situation is such a a volatile one and so fluid back and forth that you never know from one Tuesday to another if you have to uh, deal more with the imminent existential ideas that are going on with COVID-19 and how we're battling coronavirus. But we didn't want to let the opportunity pass without doing a segment on mothers and the significance of that role in all of our lives. I have seen it now from so many different points of view in in my life, not only with my own mother, not only with friends and their mothers, not only with Maury, and as you're about to hear, a very poignant tale of his mother, but also in running an orphanage, as I do down in Haiti, And for the last 10 years, seeing children who don't have mothers and the almost supernatural instinct that children have for motherly love and motherly affection. And even these children who don't know their own mothers, who never knew their own mothers, yearn for, search for, and cling to the comfort that we are able to provide at the orphanage and, and, and the people who are sort of almost substitutes, surrogates. It doesn't matter. They'll, they will cling, whether it's my wife or some of our nannies or other people. There is a, a, just an innate human connection to a mother that is so strong that even when it's never existed, the body, the mind, 
the spirit, the soul seems to cry out for it and create it, which is pretty remarkable because, you know, it's a little bit like, I guess, thirst. If if you were brought up and nobody ever showed you what water was, your body would still tell you, I need something. And right. until you found it, eventually you found it, you would say, okay, I've got to keep coming back to it. That's what motherhood seems to be. And we wanted to make sure that, especially in this time, we were able to pay homage to that. Now, Maury had a very unique situation with his mother. And for someone who was uh, so insightful about life and as he was dying from Lou Gehrig's disease, death, it was a very tragic story with his natural mother, who did not live very long. Here is a bit of Maury and I talking about his mother. My mother died when I was eight. She's been sick for quite a few years. And we owned a candy store. Where was this? In Ghetto, New York. Where? Third Street and Avenue B. Kill, sell kids penny candy. Finally, she got sick. And they, I think the candy store had to close because she was tending it mostly. And she was sick for about two years before she died. So the whole thing started at age six. The lack of mothering, so to speak. That's a devastating thing for a youngster. Maury talked to me about being acutely aware of being different than other kids because his mother was sick when he was at such a young age. He recalled a particular incident that summed that up. I remember one vision of I was playing stickball you know, on the street She'd call me out of the window to come and get, her me- get medicine for her. And I sort of keep her waiting because I resented the fact that... She was sick and she needed and medicine. Yeah, right. And I had to give up my pleasure. Right. You know how kids are. I remember when Maury told me that story, he, he burst into tears. Now think about that. He was 78 years old. This was an incident when he was six, maybe seven. So you're talking about 70 plus years, and he still felt guilty for not getting her medicine right away and pretending that he didn't hear her because if he pretended that he didn't hear her, then maybe she wouldn't be sick. You know, kids, sometimes that's how kids are with their mothers. You know, when mothers need their help the most and they're not helpful and you wonder, well, how can mm-hmm. that be? Why that's such an insensitive kid? But no, it's a child basically saying, I don't want my mother to be helpless. I, I, I want my mother to, to be strong and everything. So I'm going to pretend that this isn't happening. Right. And that's what Maury did. So sad. It's such a sad thing. That is sad. It's amazing that Maury, I mean, Maury grew up to be such a huggy, lovey yeah. person. It could have gone in the other direction. You know, but it's amazing that he grew up as sensitive as he was. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Her 
actual death was rather tragic. You'll hear in this recounting of it. I remember hearing this when I was sitting with Maury and just thinking, oh my gosh, no one should have to go through this. Listen. What do you actually remember of your mother's actual death? Was there a day or a period? My mother went to the hospital. We did not visit her there. We got a telegram. I don't know how much later, announcing that she was dead. That's how. That's it? I have the telegram. You still have it? I'll show it to you. What made you keep the telegram all this year? My father kept it. Uh-huh. When he died, I just got some of his stuff. Uh-huh. That was one. How did he inform you? Were you there when the telegram, the telegram came? I probably informed him. He couldn't read English. Can you imagine finding out that your mother was dead by getting a telegram that your father needed you to read because he didn't speak English? And so you're wow. both informing your father and learning at the same time that your mother is gone. And you're eight. I, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it. It was... It had to be so devastating. And as if that wasn't bad enough, then Maury told me a story about the day of her funeral. I do have some memories. What happened at the funeral, like, I took off from school and the kids were walking by. I was so ashamed, you know, because they saw me in this bereaved state. This is outside the house before they brought the casket down. And I had this hysterical aunt who started screaming at me, what are you going to do without your mother? And I broke down, you know. I know this just gets more and more tragic. Uh, And as you pointed out, Lisa, it's amazing that he could become so sensitive to other people. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe the the heartbreak that he had to go through at such a young age to to lose his mother and then to have an aunt. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You know, oh, okay, let let an eight-year-old answer that question on the day of his mother's funeral. Now Um, it's all on him. Yeah. Maybe he also felt a responsibility to take care of his dad, you know? So maybe Mm -hmm. he mothered in a way to mother his father, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, it it does make sense. Um, I don't know. I I, I don't know what that does, does to somebody, but I do know that it's an awful hard thing to go through. And uh, now Maury eventually did um, did get a different force into his life, and that was his stepmother, uh, who his father remarried, a, a Russian woman, and he was very uh, happy to have that force in his life. Uh, and here we hear a little bit of him describing this woman who came into his life. She was very good. In the sense that she taught us the virtues. Be honest, be good, be open, be frank with people, don't do anybody any harm. You know, the old-fashioned virtues that we've all forgotten about, don't tell lies, study hard. For the first couple of years, I refused to call her Ma. It hurt her so. I couldn't do it. But after a while, we did it. What broke you down? Her sweetness. 
her giving this, her willingness you know, to put up with this kid and to understand that maybe it was necessary given what happened. So you see that Maury ultimately, through his the, the rest of his childhood and, and his adolescence, uh, gave in to that very notion that I was talking about before, that you want a mother in your life. And even though at the beginning he felt, well, I don't want my mom to be replaced, I don't want to call her mom, eventually he did because that yearning that we have for a mother and to be mothered is so strong. And eventually, you know, he re- he would refer to her as, as a huge influence on him becoming a teacher, uh, him becoming sensitive, um, him becoming the person that he ultimately did. And again, that force mm. of motherhood was so strong. Now, that brings us to where we are today. Uh, one of the saddest things that I have read and have written about with COVID-19 are these people who are losing their mothers, losing their parents, but for our purposes today, losing, losing their mothers and not being able to say goodbye in the proper way, not being able to see them, not being able to even maybe they attend a viewing with a couple of other family members, not really doing a funeral service and this is going to cause a lot of people out there to have, as Maury did with his natural mother, a sense of, of, of incompletion, a sense yep. of uh, I, the story isn't closed. And it's tragic. It's tragic. And I, I, I feel for people who are going through this, and I can only suggest that as you would ultimately do, if you did have a normal circumstance of, of, of maybe being with your mother and burying your mother and having a funeral for your mother, in the end, after all those things were over, what would give you comfort is the memories that you have with your mother and the good things and, and the good times and the, and the things that made you who you are as a result of it. And, those of you who are stuck in this situation or know people who are stuck in this situation, you just have to sort of leapfrog to that. Don't berate yourself. Don't torture yourself. Don't blame yourself for being caught in a freak moment in American history where suddenly funerals and visitation during illnesses is suddenly not allowed. That's not your fault. You right. didn't bring that on. And it doesn't lessen the relationship that you have with your mother or had with your mother just because this happened right now. You cannot allow that to define your relationship. The end of a physical life is not the thing that defines the relationship. My own mother, who I lost now five years ago, in the final years of her life, final few years, she wasn't who she had been. She suffered several strokes that left her unable to speak, and eventually forms of uh, several different diseases that almost curled her up like a pretzel. And my mom, who was always so uh, vibrant and fun and active, and 
she she was way well ahead of her time in terms of exercising and telling my father, Sonny, you need to get up and walk. <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. Um, that's what she called my dad, Sonny. Uh, Sonny. <laughs> Sonny, yeah. And to see her so shriveled up and thin and unable to even make more than a grunt noise. And we had to, you know, visit her and see her for the last two, three years of her life like that. And I had to make peace with the fact that this is not my mother the way that I knew and loved her. I don't even know if she was aware of us being there at the end. Um, And when she finally passed, you know, there was that mixed sense of grief and relief. Uh, And it was only after a few years' time, after she died, a couple years after she died, that I was able to begin to remember her not sick. And I found that a blessing, you know? And I know you went through a similar thing with your mom, too, uh, and you get so focused on the end yeah, and the doctors and the, uh, how could we make her feel more comfortable and what medication and she's not able to eat and all the things that ironically mothers go through with infants, right? Feeding, sleeping, medications, doctor visits, that becomes such a dominant thing that you can forget the relationship that you had for decades, in many cases, before that. And I found, yeah, I don't know about you, Lisa, you tell me, I found it took me a while, I mean a couple of years, before the vision when I thought of my mother wasn't the final years, the sick years, because that had so dominated our time and my mind and all the rest of it. And I began to... Remember her laughing, remember her with darker hair, remember her when she was walking around. And and that was a comfort to me, you know, and, and that's how mm-hmm. I, I tend to think of her now. But it, it took me a while. How about you? Yeah, it did take me a while. But, you know, I started writing that book about my mom right after the fact. So the one thing that was helpful was that in the book, I went backwards in time, mm-hmm. um, you know, to talk about stories about my mom during my childhood and and everything. So I was kind of forced to think backwards about her. However, that said, still to this day in my mind, when I picture my mom, I can't get the vision of her laying in that bed in her living room out of my Mm. head. Mm. That's how I picture her. And I wish I could remember, you know, my mom at the stove making food, which was one of her favorite things to do for us or, or laughing or smoking when she used to smoke, you know, I can picture my mom smoking cigarettes and hating swimming pools and, you know, sitting in the shade. And I What'd she have against swimming pools? Once. I have no, uh, oh, it's a long story. She fell in the Detroit River uh, once. Uh-huh. She fell out of a canoe. And um, okay. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> and, um, right. I can't even envision my mom in a canoe to, to begin with, but yeah. she fell so out of a canoe. So ever since then, the she de- just didn't like bodies of water? She didn't like to go to water. She always wore sleeves in the sun. She was just... Summertime was not my mom's hang, yeah, okay. <laughs> but um, but you know, there's things I remember. Like I try to remember those moments about yeah. her, you know, and laughing about her. But really, it is hard to get those moments of those last, those last visions of her out right. of your head. You right. know. Well, as you, I mean, so you're another example. Here we heard Maury talking how vividly he still remembered his mother's dying, and 
you're talking about it. I'm saying the same thing that it took me a while before I could get that that image of my mom balled up in in in, in, a, in a bed and you know her face contorted and not looking anything mm. like my mom. And for those of you who have gone through this, or if you have friends who have gone through this now with COVID nineteen, you cannot let let those last moments define the lifetime that you had with your mother. You have got to find a way, and this is something that you 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 have to take the bull by the horns in this case. You, you can't just say, well, I'll let it happen naturally. You have to force the issue. You have to find photographs. You have to find old videos. You have to find tapes. I, I had the great force. Of, if you were to ask me of all the wonderful blessings that I've had in my life, and you said, what was the smartest thing you ever did? My answer would probably be about 13 years ago, when both of my parents were still okay and had their faculties and everything, I went to their house in Philadelphia I happened to be visiting and recorded them talking about our family history. Mm-hmm. And thank God I did that. I mean, I, I, I thank whatever little flash of intelligence I had on that day. I have thanked, uh, you know, uh, God and myself and, and whatever force has brought that together so many times over because I have that video and I listen to my mother on so many occasions just start in, well, well, okay, my great-grandmother was born in Russia, this, that, here's what we knew, all the way down through every uncle and every aunt. And of course, the way that she tells it with my father, they're interrupting each other and they're correcting right. each other and they're remembering <laughs> this one. No, he wasn't, that wasn't his name and he was this and that. And my mom had a had a great way of sort of, she'd say, oh yeah, yeah, uh, that was um, cousin, uh, you know, uh, I'll make up a name, you know, cousin Patrice. She was an idiot you know it'll be right. like that like <laughs> that she was like summer up you know oh cousin Patrice yeah yeah she was an idiot yeah, you know or that one went to jail yeah I remember a crook no good you know? and and it's just so funny and it's so rich and it's so alive and it's so my mom uh but not just my mom but all the the lineage that led to my mom uh right. and if you have something like that you need to immerse yourself in it and get the idea of the the death picture and the last days and what you, the couldn'ts out of the way right. and go back to the coulds, the can'ts go back to the cans, and mm-hmm. because that you owe that to your mother to remember her that way and not oh I'm just so stuck on the on the last images or the fact that I didn't get to say the proper goodbye to her. Uh, remember that happens frequently not you know, not just in COVID nineteen. There are many times where people will, I don't know, their parents are, are living in another state and they forget to call. You know, I didn't, didn't make the Sunday weekly call. Oh, I'll call, her, I'll call her next Sunday. And on Tuesday, something happens, a heart attack, she dies. Right. There are many non-COVID-19 moments like that where people say, I didn't do this, or I didn't, the ending was wrong. I should have called. I'll never forgive myself. Forgive yourself and and focus on all the years that you had your mother in your life that right. were positive, because it's got to outweigh the negative, right? Yeah. Well, that's also why, you know, going back really quickly to your video, that's really good advice to people. I wish I could do that now. I mean, I do have my dad still alive. His memory is not 
that sharp right now, but my mom remembered everything about everybody, just like your mom. You know, she could tell you the story about everyone. I wish I had done that with my mom. So advice to the people out there who still have both parents alive and or one of them, do it like tomorrow, you know, if you can. The sooner you can get something like Mitch has done, get it. You know, my girlfriend was just telling me, I never even remembered I did this, but for her baby shower, I bought her a journal, like a mother's journal for her first baby. Mm -hmm. And so she can write all kinds of things, you know, on the first day that you ate, this is how I felt, or this Mm. is what happened, you know, and it goes through her whole life. Well, now the girl is in her 20s, And she wants to give it to her daughter at some point, you know, as a surprise. And um, she was reading me some of the passages and I thought, wow, what a great gift this would be. I wish I had something like that from my mom. You know, my mom's words about me growing up or about, you know, things that were happening in the world or we don't get to hear those things from our parents very often, you know. I mean, we talk to them about, you know, how are you today? Good. How are you? Good. You know, we don't get a good life story from them. And it's really, really important. And boy, I wish my mom was here today so I could just call her and ask her questions. Every day I wish that. Yeah, well, if you have the means to do it while they're still around, do it. If it's not a video about your family history, then maybe it's a summer vacation video. Maybe it's a, a photo album of old memories. Whatever the case may be, immerse yourself in that and allow yourself to remember the good moments, the healthy moments, the vibrant moments that you have with your mother, and that those things will begin to come back to you. That um, feeling that you had, that unique relationship that is singular between mother and child. I have been mm-hmm. seeing, and it was funny, Lisa, because you suggested, hey, we should use this quote in oh. our podcast <laughs> Because one of our readers, one of our listeners, uh, was putting it around on the internet, and you read it to me, or uh, you sent it to me, and the quote was, behind all your stories is always your mother's story, because hers is where yours begins. And and I said, wow, that's genius. Listen what our listener wrote. Yeah. We should open our show with that. <laughs> yeah. And then I had to write you. And Mitch you, said, uh, I wrote that. <laughs> Yeah, I actually wrote I that line. I for the longest time. <laughs> I wrote that line in the book for one more day, which I I wrote about my mother. Uh, it was a it was is a fictional story, but the mother character in it was basically based yes. on my mom. And well, and uh, I did read that book, by the way, but I didn't remember that quote yeah. off the top of my head. But wow, yeah. that was. Uh, but that it's was true, funny. you know, all the stories that there are of your life. Um, Behind all of them, if you stacked them like cards and you went back to the first card, that's your mm-hmm. mother's story yeah, because you don't have one without her. And if you you know, go back and review your mother's story, there will be the comfort of that relationship and that feeling that, that should be celebrated if you should have lost her under this strange set of circumstances that we have now. Trust me, this is not history's first strange set of circumstances. Wars, right. where, you you know, terrorism, uh, the Holocaust. Uh, there are so many unusual sets of circumstances that come across the historical line that rob us of our loved ones in ways that aren't normal. You know, we don't all get to 
live long lives and have the family gather for a peaceful farewell around the bed with everybody got all their faculties and everything. You know, that's happens sometimes and it's in storybooks, but more often than not, it's too quick, too sudden, didn't know. Uh, and we're just in happen, happen to be in one of those phases right now. So Maury went through it and yet he came out, you know, such a caring and loving person. And he found the thing about motherhood with with a, another woman, you know, as his stepmother. And there are many people out there who are serving, you know, as just as we do with the kids down in Haiti. You know, we're not their natural parents, but we're mm-hmm. serving a role, and the love and the uh, caring is is uh, the same. And it's a precious, precious relationship. And we'll do more podcasts about mothers and motherhood and all the rest of that, because it's so much to talk about, and it's it's such a deep relationship and, and such an important part of life, and so much of who we are comes from our mothers, and so much of who we aren't and our problems also come from our relationships uh, with our mothers. So right. this is not the definitive word on it, but I wanted to say something about it in light of Mother's Day and in light of COVID-19 and and the strange way in which many of us are losing our parents or our grandparents uh, to these unusual circumstances. Don't let death define, you know, the, your loved ones, and particularly your mother or your grandmother. Go find the the life force. Go find the the evidence, and let that be the reason why. So, something to keep in mind during this time. And I like bel- it. Belated Happy Mother's Day. To all of our, uh, all of our mother listeners, and uh, and all of those who didn't get the chance to celebrate it, I, I, my mom always used to uh, always used to want to make a huge fuss about Mother's Day, but was always, you know, subtle because you don't want to be the one to suggest it. But my mom couldn't resist being the person to suggest it because my mom was one of those mm-hmm. people that wanted to plan everything. So right. sometime, I don't know, maybe about four weeks before Mother's Day. And she was living in Philadelphia with my dad, and I would be living here in Detroit. And I'd get a call about, like, so uh, where are you going to be in, in uh, next month? Are you traveling? Are you, what are you doing? <laughs> well, I don't know. Why? You know, well, I don't know. We were thinking about uh, the, the 18th, uh, you know, the weekend. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'd come out and visit or something. I said, well, that'd be great. You'd come out and visit. Yeah, you know, it'd be a good time to come out and visit, and we could you know, see you and celebrate, uh, you know, your birthday's coming up and uh, maybe Mother's Day and just uh, <laughs> drop that in. She'd, yeah. she'd bury it under there. Yeah. But she couldn't bear to not plan out to celebrate Mother's Day because she, she, she didn't uh, want to wait for us to surprise her or to do it because I think she thought they'll forget, which we wouldn't right. have. We would have gotten to it, you know, and eventually as I got older, I would tease her and I would say, you know, Ma... I was going to call you and I was going to, well, I'm just making sure, you know, and of course, <laughs> one of the things to that, forget her. yeah, one of the things that we did, probably you did too. And so many people are listening to us. The biggest thing on, on Mother's Day was brunch, brunch. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that now, this past Sunday, there is no brunch. I mean, Mm-mm. unless you made one at home, all those famous restaurant brunches that got booked you know, six weeks out for Mother's Day brunch. Right. And restaurants are always busy on Mother's Day all day long from oh, yeah. the breakfast to the brunch to the lunch to the dinners. And nobody, I mean, no place. I don't think there's any place in the country 
Not, uh, what, a, mm-hmm. what a time. Not a single place in the country had a Mother's Day brunch or a Mother's Day meal because they were all closed. Right. So these... And that's a really big tip day, too, by the way, for waitresses and waiters. Yeah. I'll tell you, when I was yeah. a waitress, that was a really good day. Yeah. I think about those, those, all the wait staff that are out of jobs right now, and it's a hard, uh, yep. it's a hard time. But really quick, I'm going to say my mom, um, the last message, or I should say the only phone message I have from my mom is a Mother's Day message. I had sent my mom some candy from some online thing. It was like some chocolate hearts or something, but I just sent it to her. Like I it wasn't for any, it's, it's mm-hmm. almost like what you're saying about your mom. I wasn't even thinking that mother's day was coming up. I just saw this thing and I ordered these candies and my mom called and loved this message. That's so nice that you sent this and it's so early, you know, mother's <laughs> day isn't for a couple weeks. And Oh, but how nice of you to think of me so early. Yeah. And, and I, I was like, Oh geez, I wasn't even thinking yeah. of mother's day. Yeah. Just so, trying to be uh, punctual, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I still take the have credit when it's given, her. even if you didn't earn it, I suppose. Yeah. I was like, whew, at least I got the gift out. Well, for those of you who but, were able to celebrate it with your mothers, I'm glad. For those of you who weren't, uh, as I say, you know, focus, on, focus on the good times and the good memories and the positive things and, and, and not the tragic set of circumstances that we find ourselves under here. That's philosophy that's generally good period for dealing with COVID-19, but especially with our moms and Mother's Day. We will be uh, back again. We do this every Tuesday uh, with another lesson inspired from Tuesdays with Maury. We're glad to have you as part of our Tuesday People community. And until we see you next Tuesday, uh, on behalf of Lisa Goitsch, this is Mitch Album, and wishing all our Tuesday people a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.